You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 48 with Jessica Wollstenholm. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, this week we welcome back Jessica Wollstenholm to the show. Since she was on the show last, which was episode three, if you want to go back, if you didn't hear her the first time, she has started a new journey. Um, So her last website was Grace for Moms, which focused on moms. And now she has created a family website called Gather and Grow. So we are going to be chatting about faith starting at home. She shares with us why she decided to go in this direction and how important it is to invest in our children's lives. She also shares with us what we need to know about helping our kids develop healthy friendships. So if you guys have been struggling to find time for your family devotions or just taking the time to sit down with your kids to talk about what is going on in their lives, then you're really going to love this episode. So I hope it inspires you to find some small ways to incorporate more family time in your life. Let's go to the show. Jess, thank you so much for coming back on the show today. Thanks for having me. It's so fun to be back. So you may remember that I do like to ask my guests about their favorite vacation spots. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker. And because I like to travel, I want to inspire other moms to travel as well. So I'd love to ask, what is your other favorite vacation spot that you've gone to and why? And this can be with or without kids. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, gosh, I'll have, I'd have to say, uh, London was, or England, uh, is a place that my husband and I got to go to before we had kids and, uh, we absolutely loved it there. And I could like see myself live there someday. I loved it so much. The culture was just, I don't know, so rich with history and, um, just so slow and beautiful. Uh, we went to the countryside a little bit in England and then we spent, uh, few days in London. So it was just a great mix. Um, Europe in general, I love, well, that was the only place in Europe I've ever been besides the airport in Amsterdam. But my husband and I are headed to Italy actually next week. So that I think will probably become a favorite. Mm, And both of those spots are places I cannot wait to take my kids when they're a little bit older. Um, We also love travel and uh, I dream of taking my kids around the world, Lord willing, if we can afford it and um, are able to do that. We would love to do that. Yeah. Where did you stay when you were in England? So we spent um, a few nights in London and then we uh, drove up into the Cotswolds. So it's are kind of these little villages that are connected with these little streets. It's like so storybook. And we were with my in-laws and they had been before. And I was just saying this to my husband the other day, you know, one of my favorite things on that trip was that we didn't have any hotel or anything booked when we went in the country. We had our hotels in London uh, kind of bookending our trip. And then for a few nights in the middle we didn't have any plans. We just drove and wow. we discovered, I know. And I would never, I would normally never be that adventurous, yeah, yeah. but it was so fun. And again, because they had been, we felt, you know, they were with parents were with us. So we felt protected, even though we were adults. Uh, and so we went and we drove into one village and we found a bed and breakfast and they had, you know, they had a few rooms open. So we stayed there. And then the next day we drove to another village and they had a a bed and breakfast and we stayed there and it was so amazing. And again, I don't know if I would do it again (laughs) because it's a little nerve wracking, you know, going somewhere and not having a plan, but it was 
definitely delightful, like such a fun adventure to just, you know, say, Hey, where are we going to stay tonight? And what looks good? And, and where will our, you know, travels bring us? So uh, that was probably my favorite part of that trip. Yeah, that sounds really fun. Uh, How do you spell the city or the town in the country? Okay, so Cotswolds is C-O-T-S-W-A-L-D-S, I believe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I just want to give, you know, uh, some idea of how to spell it. So because it does sound really awesome and fun to go to. I highly recommend it. Very like old world little villages, churches around every corner. And yeah, it's really, really fun. Hey, you guys, as you know, I love vacations. That's why I ask every guest about their favorite vacation on each episode. So I wanted to let you know, I put together this free resource. It's a fun quiz that's only five questions. And at the end of it, you will know your vacation personality and the perfect vacations for your personality. So head on over to mominspiredshow.com slash quiz. Let's get started. For those that haven't heard your first interview, how about Mm -hmm. you tell us your name, where you're from, and how many kids you have, and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Um, My name is Jess Wollstenholm, and I live just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And I have two kiddos. Um, Hope is nine, and Joshua is six. So Hope's in fourth grade, Joshua's in first grade. And my husband, Dave, uh, we have lived in our little town for gosh, 11 years now. Um, and we love it here. It's just kind of a small town outside of Nashville and, um, real fun and family oriented. Uh, so yeah, we love growing our family here. Yeah. So, and I just wanted to say, if you guys want to listen to Jessica's first interview, it's episode three, I think it'd be really great if you want to get to know her a little bit better. Um, but how about you tell us what you are up to today? Yeah. So when we uh, chatted last time, uh, we talked about my experience through infertility and multiple pregnancy losses and how that led me to um, write two books uh, about pregnancy and baby's first year from a Christian perspective because of the fear that I experienced after uh, walking through what we did. And so I partnered with my good friend in OBGYN to write those books. Um, They're called The Pregnancy Companion and The Baby Companion. And, um, and then through that, you know, launching into kind of the writing world, I I really did that because there was a need for that type of resource out there. I started writing for moms and as my kids grew, my writing kind of grew. So I wrote, um, started writing at a blog called, uh, grace for moms. And my friend and I started that blog. We had it for five years and uh, loved, it was a contributor blog. So we would invite other moms to share their stories and other writers that just kind of wanted a place to share. Uh, it was, it was really fun to build that community. But during that time, I started to really kind of hone my passion uh, for family and family faith um, because I grew up in a Christian home and just starting to look at as my kids were growing what the need was for them as far as discipling them or teaching them about faith. And I just saw a need out there. And as I started writing um, Bible studies and different seasonal things for the moms at Grace for Moms, uh, I realized that they wanted more of that and they needed it too. So through that, I launched a new ministry called Gather and Grow. And so Grace for Moms actually closed its doors. It was really sad, um, but 
but exciting at the same time. Um, back in May, on our right around our five-year anniversary, we closed the doors to Grace for Moms and put the focus on Gather and Grow, which was more family-oriented. It was less just about moms um, because there are so many great ministries and resources out there for moms. Um, but I, I felt like there was really a need for something for families in general, families to, to grow and to encourage families to gather together, to make it a priority, to have your family time, to, you know, build a culture in your home that is very family and faith oriented, and then to grow together in your spiritual walk and in your um, spiritual life. Yeah. So that's what I've been up to. I love it because I feel like even if that isn't your strength, I feel like you have that like in the back of your head, right? As a mom. Right. And um, sometimes it's, it's hard. And I feel like people who are more gifted in that. I, I feel like it's great when they can teach us and give us examples similar to what you're doing because it can just be all overwhelming, right? You can be like, right. oh, I want to do this Absolutely. and that. And then even even people with the best intentions and who are good at it, I mean, you know, time just keeps marching on and then you may realize, sure. oh, we haven't even worked on this, this or that, you know, that we wanted to work yeah. on. So how about you share with us what you realized with your husband in regards to your faith and how it all starts at home? Yeah. So, um, so after that experience we had with infertility, multiple pregnancy losses, we then, um, walked through a season where we both lost our moms within a span of five years and we lost them both to horrible diseases. It was all very quick and just very devastating. Um, also within that time, we, uh, walked through two really tough church experiences where, uh, the church we met in and got married in, we felt God leading us out of that church because it just, just wasn't what we, you know, it it had been, it started to change. Uh, we walked into a new church experience and it was, it was wonderful for about five years. And then some things changed there. Uh, we're, we're not church hoppers. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, well, maybe you just, you know, need to uh, settle down in a church. And that wasn't it. I mean, we were very committed. We were at the first church for 12 years and the second one for five. And um, it was just, you know, realizing that the church is full of human beings. You know, pastors are humans, they're leaders. And as much as we value church and it will always be a part of our lives, we realized that, um, you know, when you put the spiritual walk of your kids and spiritual growth of your kids in someone else's hands, you know, there's, um, there's just so many variables there and, and there's sometimes there isn't consistency or again, people are going to change. And in some cases, theology changed and we weren't okay with that. So, uh, we, my husband and I decided, Hey, we have to decide what we want our kids to grow up believing. Um, you know, we, when we walk through this church experience where um, some theology was changing, it really kind of rocked our world. And we had to decide, well, what, what do we believe? You know, what are, what are our roots? Or we went back to our roots and needed to determine, you know, what do we want to teach our kids? And we uh, both kind of returned to the foundation that our parents built for us um, we both grew up in Christian homes. We didn't have perfect parents, but we had parents that were committed to the Word of God, and they were committed to uh, community in the church. And those were two things um, for us that were super important. But we also knew that it all had to start at home. 
And so that's kind of where the tagline for Gather and Grow came from, um, that faith begins at home, that we're responsible for the spiritual development and discipleship of our children. And although you have ministries, hopefully like this one, um, like Gather and Grow that come alongside you or your church family, your pastors, um, your kids ministers, uh, they'll come alongside you and help you, but faith being is at home. And that's, uh, oh, that sounds really daunting. Like, well, great. It's one more thing I have to do and I can barely, you know, get them to do their homework and help them with that or, you know, get dinner on the table or get them to eat healthy, like all these responsibilities. It is, um, it, it sounds like, you know, a very daunting task, but that's, where Gather and Grow comes in, that's why I'm so passionate about this, because I want to make it simple. I want to make it doable for families. I like that. that I feel that way. Yeah. I, you know, I, and you're right. It does feel like there's just so much. And, you know, um, and depending on what age your kids are, you know, do they have a ton of homework yet? And you just think to yourself, okay, we're going to have to add this on. And and yeah. and it can just feel so over- overwhelming <laughs> uh, that you're just like, yes. let's just put our head in the sand, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. And, you know, there's a lot of resources out there that are, um, a little more extensive. Like one thing that I am the non-craft mom, like we don't allow paint in this house. Oh yeah. I remember you said, did we talk about this <laughs> yes. in my last interview? Okay. And I love that you said that. <laughs> How did that come up? I'm not sure. Um, but- oh, oh, we were talking about what your strengths were and, <laughs> yes, um, I'd ask okay. you what your strengths were. And I think you said you weren't that. And um, no. I'm like, yeah, you know, and I said, well, right. Cause not everybody has the same strengths, obviously. Right. And you were very, you know, quote to say that is not my thing and that you don't even have it in your house, which I thought was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> no, when I see paint, like I break out in hives. And so <laughs> well, I'm not the crafty mom. So, you know, to download the cute little, you know, Christmas ornament, craft thing where you make one and you, that is just not me. I would much rather have a conversation with my kids. And some people would say, yeah, but preschool kids, you know, elementary school kids, they need that hands-on activity. That's true. And you might, you know, find something uh, that works for you in that regard. But for us, we have had, and this was my family growing up too, conversation was everything. We talked about everything. There was always an open door. And so with our kids, um, we, you know, we mostly do our family devotions, uh, around the dinner table at the end of dinner. Uh, I know that can be challenging because you have activities and you go from here to there and it's hard to even have dinner, let alone have a devotion at the end. Uh, and we can talk about this too, just kind of our, our boundaries as far as how many activities that we do in order to make time for discipleship. Yeah, and I would love to hear building. that. Yeah, why don't we share that? Yeah, okay. So we, um, and again, this isn't for everyone and it's going to change in every season of life uh, because as our kids get older, their interests get, they get more passionate about certain things and their, uh, their activities are a little more demanding. But for now, with my elementary school kids, we have a one activity a season rule. So we don't do gymnastics and soccer and music lessons. And we do one. Uh, I think I've done two on occasion, you know, if my child wanted to do a sport and an art, you know, we've been open to that. But for now, with two kids, and again, I can't imagine like, families with more kids, mm-hmm, right? Um, you know, we have soccer on 
Wednesdays and baton on Tuesdays. And so dinner is tough those nights, but I know I've got all the others that we can um, really, you know, come together and spend time doing discipleship. And I think it, it, it takes kind of a, a reframing of your mind because in our culture today, it's so important for our kids to do all the things and to be excellent at all the things. Uh, and so we just have to look at discipleship and their spiritual growth as one of the most important things, as the most important thing. So we make time for it. And so we say, well, we're not going to do two or three activities because we want to carve out time for this. And if we look at it that way, we will be able to find the time. And then, then the next key is finding, you know, the framework, the resources that fit into your personality and your family life. And I hope that that's what we can help provide. Yeah. You know, this reminds me when Melissa Sharp and I were doing Cultivating Your Village series mm-hmm. back in the I summer. That. So Thank good. you. Um, she was saying that even in regards to us as moms, that we as a society are filling our schedules so much with kids activities yes. mm-hmm. that it's really hard to cultivate a village. So even say moms getting together or even families getting together because everybody is so right. busy with activities. So yeah. Yes. There's no time to really actually build relationships. And I was just thinking, I feel like what happens is everybody's so busy, 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 busy. And then they, and then, then the kids go on down to bed and then everybody crashes and then they all get onto Facebook. Cause, yep. Because I feel yes. like they want that community, right? But this is right. the only way that they're going to be able to access it, which really isn't accessing a community. And But I then think that people are under the illusion that they are, which is sad mm-hmm. because I, I it, it's just, it's sad to think that like in five years that people could be thinking, hey, I know what's going on in so-and-so's life and so-and-so's life because they follow them on Instagram or Facebook. And then five years goes on and you really realize that, oh, I don't really have like these deep, meaningful relationships. And I'm all for Facebook and all that kind of stuff. I do think it, you know, it's, it's great, especially for people that you can't see all the time. They live out of state and whatever, but it it can't be replaced with the, the real thing. And so if you are booking your schedule and your kids schedule so much, there is no downtime. There is no playing and just free play. And and then just for adults to be able to interact with other adults and other families. So I I agree. I I do think that there has to be some kind of limit. And I realize that not everybody has that same philosophy. Some people really do want to be like, Hey, I'm putting them as, so there's this other philosophy that people are like, I'm putting them in as much as possible so that they don't get into trouble. So that's always an interesting thing to me because I'm like, well, to your defense, you're saying, well, I'm not putting them into as much. And then this way I can, you know, help them and right. teach them. And so how about you tell us a little bit about what your um, uh, your dinner looks like at, at the end? Like how long are you, um, you know, are you doing a, are you reading a verse from the Bible? Like what, what does it look? Because I, yeah. I, I know people get really overwhelmed and they're just like, I just don't know where to start. So I'd love for you to share what you do. Sure. Absolutely. So uh, we spend about five to 10 minutes, like literally it's five to 10 minutes. And so you can do it at the end of dinner. You can do it at bedtime. You can do it at the breakfast table. That is never a good time for us because we're always rushing in the morning. Uh, carpool lane, you can do it in carpool lane too. It's, it's so simple. Uh, and so we have a couple of different resources that we use at Gather and Grow. 
uh, there's usually a seasonal devotional. And so this summer we study the fruit of the spirit. This fall, we're doing um, a study that I have had on my heart for years called the popularity principle. And it sounds a little old because uh, of the that title, but really it's written for kids age three to 13. And it talks about um, Proverbs 3, 3, and 4, and the instructions there to wear love and faithfulness around everywhere we go so that we can grow a good reputation, or as I like to say, a God reputation. So we're talking about reputation and responsibility and loyalty and kindness as we head back to school. And so we have seasonal Bible studies like that, and they are uh, usually weekly. So it's one little page per week. So, And that page uh, includes what we um, have called the um, Five and Thrive Bible Study Method, which is just five. It's five steps, and it spells the word plant. Like, cause you're planting seeds. Every time you do this, you're planting seeds in your child's heart. And so the P is prepare your heart. The L is learn from the word. The A is ask questions. The N is name the truth. And the T is take action. And so preparing your heart, you're putting away distractions and you're praying. Then learn from the word. There's a Bible study. Uh, there's a Bible verse to read. Um, a is ask questions. And there's two or three questions, simple questions you can ask each other. N is name the truth, and that's just that one line takeaway that you want, that little nugget that you want your kids to take away with them. And then T is take action, and because I am craft-averse, it is not usually a craft. It might be a little activity or something, but it's more of like a life application. How can they? How can you apply this to your life throughout the week? And that whole process takes literally five to ten minutes, depending on where the conversation goes, you know, how I don't have huge, curious kids. Like they don't ask a ton of questions, but they, but they like to answer them if I ask them a question, but some kids are going to want to ask Mm -hmm. more questions and dig deeper. And I love that. That's amazing. And that might take you 10 or 15 minutes then. But I promise you that once you're in that moment and your kids are digging with you, you're not going to care what you're missing. Like you're going to want to stay there with them and kind of linger over that conversation with them. But it truly can take five minutes. Uh, the other thing that we have is our family devotional calendar. So in May, we started a monthly calendar. It's free to subscribers. You get it at the end of you get at the end of the month, you get it for the next month. So like we just sent out the September calendar um, last week. And every day it has a prompt and a Bible verse. And the prompt is just, you know, one word or a few words that kind of give you a theme and then a Bible verse to go along with it. Those calendars follow our seasonal Bible study, but if you're not up for the whole thing or if that's intimidating, you can kind of start with this. And we keep our calendar hanging next to our dinner table. And so we'll pull the calendar down. And so today, you know, the prompt is... um, sharing kindness. And here's the Bible verse. And you read, you know, have one of the kids read the verse and then just start a conversation, ask a question. What I love about this is it gives the parent a little more responsibility. And although it's, it, it may seem daunting to some, it allows them to kind of flex that muscle a little bit where they uh, can come up with their own questions. You know, in the Bible study, I'll give them questions and they're very simple. Um, And that's great uh, for people to kind of take those and run with it. But I love it when parents 
just read a Bible verse and then whatever God speaks to their heart, they're able to start talking to their kids about. And it's very organic. And again, this can take five minutes and um, can do it at the same you know times that, that I mentioned before. So those are the main things that we have available for families. And how would people subscribe to that? So if you go to gatheringgrow.co slash subscribe, um, you'll see all of our kind of offers, if you will. It's basically everything that we're, we're um, going through um, at, you know, during the season. For instance, you know, we, we did the Bible study, the Popularity Principle Bible study. You can sign up and receive that. Uh, we also did a back to school uh, prayer challenge. You can sign up and get those daily emails of prayers to pray over your kids from head to toe as they start the school year. Uh, but when you sign up for one, you're going to get all, you're going to get everything. So it's just a matter of what do you want to start with? And then I give my subscribers access. Um, we have a family faith toolkit on the site that's password protected. So once you subscribe, you get access to that. So you get everything. Um, and then you can kind of try different things and see what works. Uh, and then kind of follow along as we have new things coming up. We're going to, have a uh, 40 days of growing gratitude uh, kind of series coming up in October, November, and then we go into Advent. So um, we'll have, we'll walk through the Bible as we prepare for Advent. We've done that for several years at Grace for Moms. And so this is the first year that Gather and Grow will officially host that. And we're excited about that too. That is exciting. And, yeah. you know, I wanted to um, add in, we're, we're almost at the end of the show, but I wanted you to jump into um, your back to school theme of growing a God reputation. So yeah. can you share a little bit more with us about that? Sure. So Proverbs 3, 3, and 4, the study is based on that. And uh, that was, that became my life first in my twenties when I was still grappling with the idea of you know, does anybody really notice me or care? You know, what is my purpose? Where do I fit? And all those things that, let's be honest, we don't ever really, you know, get over. I don't know. Now that I'm 40, I feel like I've got a little bit more of a handle on it. Um, but, you know, we're always struggling with our identity and our competence. Well, Proverbs 3, 3 and 4 says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor with God and man, and you will earn a good reputation. And the next verse is the very famous Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So we all, we, most of us know that verse, but we, we may not have backed up a little bit to see this promise that's before, you know, that's before it. And it talks about this is how you grow a God, a, a God reputation. This is how you uh, gain favor. And we all want favor, right? We all want the people to like us. We want, I mean, all the way down to the practical likes on Facebook, people noticing, especially kids. They, they want to be picked. They want uh, to be favored. And that's what that word favor means. And so Proverbs 3, 3 and 4 basically gives us the formula. It gives us the principle if we if we never let loyalty and kindness leave leave us or love and faithfulness it says in some versions if this is the character that we build that's how we're going to earn favor that's the the kind of popularity that matters it's it's the reputation the good reputation the god reputation where people know you 
they know that you're a faithful friend. They know that you're loyal. They know that you are responsible, that you're trustworthy. Um, and so those are all the character traits we talk about in the study. And again, it's, it's a more mature study um, for our kind of upper elementary school kids. But I did, uh, I kind of reformatted our studies this year and it's called Rooted um, Bible Studies for Growing Up Kids because one of the biggest points of feedback I get from parents is I have a really hard time doing devotions with my three-year-old and my 13-year-old because there are some families that that have that gap in their uh, age levels. And so what we did was basically wrote the study for um, elementary school kids. So for, you know, first through fifth grade, it's, is really kind of the sweet spot of where it's written. But then there is a study extension for preteens that kind of digs a little bit deeper and go, takes it a little bit further. And then there is a section for preschoolers that kind of breaks it down a little bit simpler and gives them a little more preschool, uh, you know, appropriate language and activity for them to engage. So that way you're able to engage your entire family on the subject. And also you can encourage your older kids to be leaders and maybe lead the section for your preschool kids. And so that really encourages the whole family to engage and, and talk about it. But, um, but that I've had that study, like I said, on my heart for so long, uh, because it's something I've always struggled with. And also because my daughter, who's in fourth grade this year, we really struggled with friendships last year. She had some great friends and there was this kind of like foursome that, that was inseparable and sweet, amazing girls. Uh, but together they just couldn't get along. They just kept fighting. There was always drama and I was not ready for girl drama this early. Uh, so so I knew that I needed to address this, this subject of, you know, being faithful, being loyal, being kind, and how to, how to navigate those relationships so that uh, you can grow a godly reputation or a good reputation. Because I honestly was afraid her reputation was being tainted last year, not because she was doing anything really wrong, but just because of this dynamic and this mix. And so it really helped us kind of, you know, walk her through that and, um, uh, and help her learn some hard lessons. Yeah, I was gonna um, say, you know, Melissa Sharp, um, who we did cultivating your village with, she's gonna mm -hmm. come back on, and we're gonna do a series in November called "No Girl Left Behind." So I really love that. love that you're addressing this because just hearing things here and there, I start to hear like second, third grade, the girls can start getting mean and all these things that start coming out the drama that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking, Oh my gosh, like this is so <laughs> early to be happening. And I don't think we're prepared, you know, because I think we're thinking, Oh, this isn't going to happen until like seventh grade. Right. You know, or right. something like that. Oh, yeah. And so then you're kind of thrown off and then that's the years I feel like you start getting more homework and then the things are just busier. And um, so I, I was just going to ask you um, with your situation, you know, if you find yourself and um, your kids are, are, you know, hanging with a group and it's not really benefiting your child, even though all the kids are nice, like what you said, what would you recommend to do? Like, because I think, I think a lot of people would be kind of stuck, like, okay, so is she not going to be friends with this group and how do you handle that? And then how does she not feel left out? So do you have any advice that you could give to moms that could be dealing with this or it could be coming down the pipeline? 
Sure. Yeah, I think one thing that I realized through observing this dynamic, and I got together with the moms a lot, all the moms of these girls, because we all cared so much and wanted to kind of work this out. And they were all amazing women as well. And and again, amazing girls. Uh, and we were stumped, I'll be honest, we were stumped, you know, most of the time. And uh, there was nothing really glaring, you know, that uh, nothing that specifically happened. Um, but one thing that I realized in talking with them and observing the girls is that the girls were sort of playing friendship. And what I mean by that is, I think our girls, especially, they they observe things in movies or on TV. And there's a lot of drama involved because every good story has drama, right? So they they start to uh, relate to this drama and, and, and they start to almost crave this drama because it seems important. It, it seems like uh, it, it's, it's what it's supposed to be. And so we, I realized that the girls were kind of playing friendship and they were playing out what they saw in TVs and TV and movies and creating drama where there really wasn't any drama. And so then that would kind of fester and then it would turn into maybe real drama. I really encouraged my daughter, number one, to, um, to avoid the drama at all costs. <laughs> like there are going to be some people, and I experience this as an adult as well. There are going to be some people in your life that just love drama. Avoid it. Like try to avoid it and try to dispel it as much as you can and, um, and be a peacemaker in those situations where, somebody is just, you know, trying to pick a fight or, um, uh, you know, with girls, there's always a lot of control. Somebody wants to control the situation. They want to control the, whatever they're playing at recess, or they want to control who sits with who. Um, and all of that stems from this, uh, desire to be important and to be liked. And the more our girls spread kindness around like confetti. I love that meme mm, that I always see. And awesome. I talk about that. Uh, I talk about in the study, confidence and confetti and how confidence leads to your ability to spread kindness. And if you, um, if we, if we continue to, you know, help our girls build confidence and teach them to spread that kindness and to dispel all the other stuff, I think we can at least get rid of all of the the friendship drama that is kind of artificial or ancillary. Like it's not it's not real. It's not even really there. They're just kind of creating this for no reason. Now there are serious bully situations happening in schools. This was not one of them. And I think the majority of the time it's not really an actual bully situation. It's just kids being kids and learning how to function in their friendships. And uh, I did a post a couple months ago, or no, I guess it was last month, that talked about how to help your girls or how to help your kids develop healthy friendship. It, it, it was born out of what I learned from uh, from this situation, but it applies to boys as well. Maybe not exactly because you know they're just so different. But definitely for girls, you know, just helping them frame uh, their responses. And I, I had a conversation with Hope one day and I just said, hey, you know, think about the way your friend just responded and you got offended by that. But was she really trying to offend you? Was she really trying to hurt you? Or were you, you know, were you just taking it out of context? Or, you know, do you need to, do you need to frame her response 
through her personality or filter it through her personality because she's going to respond differently to things than you are because she's different than you. And that helps, uh, that helps our kids, you know, you, and, and actually you guys talked about this on the cultivating your village, uh, in one of those podcasts, Mm -hmm. I remember you talking about expecting friends to respond the way we would respond. Mm, Yeah. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. It was, I think it was on the one about boundaries and you said, or Melissa said, you, we expect our friends to respond the way we would. And if they don't, we get offended. Right. Well, that yep. happens to kids so much. Oh yeah. And that, right. and that just goes to prove that adu- uh, as adults, we haven't learned it yet. You know, we haven't figured it out yet, but we have to remember, you know, just because they responded differently than we expected doesn't mean they hurt our feelings or that they were being mean, you know? Oh yeah. And and there are times where it is mean and we have to, we have to learn how to determine, you know, was, was there, uh, was there meanness in this or was it just a misunderstanding and help them kind of navigate through that. Gosh, because they're going to have to for the rest of their lives. Yeah, no, I totally love that. And I feel like we could talk about this forever. I I, I may have to bring you on again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so as we wrap up, Jess, where can people find you on social media and your website? Yeah, it's well, gatheringgrow.co is the website. And then our social media on Facebook and Instagram is, is a uh, facebook.com slash gatheringgrowco or at gatheringgrowco on Instagram. And we post lots of like, you know, family talk prompts and things there too. If you just want to get started with that, uh, to get a conversation going in the carpooling, uh, you can have that accessible on all your social media. Jess, thank you so much for coming back on the show today. I always enjoy chatting with you. Thank you. It's so fun. I love being here. Thanks so much. Hey, you guys, I just wanted to remind you, if you want to find out your vacation personality to go to the quiz at mominspiredshow.com slash quiz. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode with Jess and I will see you next week.